Hey, everybody, it's Carrie Champion, and this is The Ground Print, a podcast that offers solutions and guidance for the marginalized and those who feel left out. These discussions will act as a guide to mentor those in need of direction and also to inspire those who feel hopeless. We will move the needle forward and speak out on the issues by way of dialogue and telling stories of those who need to be heard. Women have been fighting for a long time, amateur fighters, pro fighters. You know, a lot of people first got turned on to women's boxing the first time they saw me, and they're under the impression that I was one of the first, and it's not the case. I think that the reason is because the world just wasn't ready for it. You know, people have small minds a lot of times. They're just not prepared to make certain moves, and then there came a point where we just couldn't be denied anymore. Layla Ali bears the name of the greatest of all time, Muhammad Ali the GOAT to you. But despite her father's legacy, Layla has blazed her own trail, an undefeated champion in her own right, and an incredibly successful entrepreneur. Layla is a perfect example of someone who created their own legacy in spite of that last name. Sit back, relax, and get ready for an education. This is the brown print of Layla Ali. The first thing that I want to ask you, and, and everyone knows this story, but just by way of background, they may not know the entire background. When you were young, right, growing up, kind of talk to me about your dynamic, how you grew up, your family, um, and and basically what really made you you to this day. Well, uh, you know, I get this question often about what it was like being Muhammad Ali's daughter, right? Um, growing up with my father when he was traveling the world, you know, trying to make the world a better place, obviously, um, you know, he wasn't home that much. So I didn't have the average lifestyle that, that most kids would have. My home was a public place, place essentially, because there was always people over. My dad loved having company. You know, it was always, you know, photos and magic tricks and all this going on in his office. So I, I tended to be kind of shy, didn't like all of that, didn't like the crowd and would kind of kind of do my own thing. And my mother seemed to be the same way. She was in her room a lot with the door closed. <laughs> um, but it was a, such an amazing opportunity to grow up with my father, um, who's so powerful when it comes to just who he is as a man, a fighter, all that he's done, you know, as a humanitarian and watching him on a day to day and how he dealt with people, how he dealt with his fame really shaped the way that I see myself, the way that I see people in the world around me. That's interesting dynamic because when you describe how your mother was and then how your father was, do you think you're the best of both worlds? Um, you know, I, I definitely have a, li a little from here and there, but I'm absolutely my own person as yeah. we all are. Um, you know, I tend to like privacy more so and probably because I grew up with so many people around all the time, you know, and it, it was great though, because I had an opportunity to learn about people, you know, <laughs> I can spot people from a mile away. Okay. Does this person want something? Is this person genuine? Is this person authentic? Are they fake? Are they a hanger on? Are they a yes person? I can see that like usually right off the top. So, um, you know, I wouldn't change my upbringing for, for anything. Um, you know, I feel like, you know, God doesn't give you anything you can't handle. You know, I handled it. I, I turned out to be who I am, but I definitely have taken things from both of my parents, um, consciously and subconsciously consciously things. I'm like, mm, I want to be that way, or I don't want to be that way. Cause I do have a choice, right? When you think about and, and, and yes, you will always get questions about your father. I think of, 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 
children whose parents are really famous. That's just a part of the conversation. Um, but what I have been able to notice um, about you specifically is that you're very much unafraid to say what you feel. Like there's, you will stop mitts and say, hold on, no, 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 no. But that was your, <laughs> but that was your father. You know what I mean? Like, do, yeah. do you see the comparisons? Whether sometimes they Absolutely. say we end up being our parents, whether we realize it or not. Did you, do you see that a lot? I absolutely um, am someone who's not afraid to say how I feel. I've always been that way as a child. You know, it got me in a lot of trouble, actually, <laughs> because when it wasn't directed the right way, you know, it was like, I, it was times, I, you know, you go through those stages. I was a rebel without a cause and I'm standing up for what I felt was right and I'm going to fight until I get what I want. You know, I'm, I was always that person. But it also comes from being in an environment where you're allowed to speak up, where your opinion matters where you're going to be listened to, you know, um, even to how I raise my kids now, they don't always have to agree with me. And I'll, I'll ask them, well, why? Well, why do you feel that way? We'll talk things through. I, I don't want it to be shut up and listen because mm. I said so. Wow. I want them to grow up feeling that they have a right to say how they feel. It doesn't mean that I'm going to agree. It doesn't mean you're not going to do what I told you to do. But when you get used to speaking up, you become go from a child to an adult that feels like their voice matters and it should be heard, you know, and you're not afraid to speak up. So I don't, you know, indirectly as parents sometimes, you know, I think we can do harm in that way when you're, you're, you're shutting your kids up, shut up, shut up, shut up, don't speak. And then it becomes muscle memory where you just don't speak, you keep it in, you know? So I, I don't do that. Um, my parents didn't necessarily take that approach with me. It was just in me to say what I wanted to say, you know what I mean? And now it's just something that I do, but yeah, I, I will say that it's in my DNA, you know, um, I'm definitely an Ali, you know, mm -hmm. when it comes to my confidence, when it comes to, um, you know, my determination, my self-belief, all of those things really matter. And I just believe that speaking up can make a difference, period. And I've been able to prove that to myself over and over again. So why would I stop? And you shouldn't stop. And I love it. Yeah, exactly. I, the, the world that we live in, especially for black and brown people, but black women especially, we are consistently uh, criticized for speaking up, for being told we talk too much or we're too aggressive or we're too whatever. And you, at a young age, was like that T-O-O, -O, that too much is exactly what I stand for. And I'm unapologetic about the two. I, I honor that. And it's admirable because I don't know, I get, even though I'm bold and I'm out here, I get, I get concerned. Do you ever have any regrets? Do you ever um, feel like, oh man, I should have just held back? Uh, yeah. In life in general, not because I'm black or because I'm a woman, just as a person, you know, I make mistakes. We all do. But I think that sometimes we can be too aggressive. Sometimes mm -hmm. we can, um, you know, say things in a way that can be a little more refined. And I think that anything can be said. It's just the way that you say it, you know, and nobody wants to feel attacked. Nobody wants to feel disrespected. Nobody wants to feel forced. So I think there's a difference when someone just is uncomfortable with you being strong and uncomfortable with you being outspoken. Because a lot of times I would say the easiest way to describe it is, yeah, for me, a lot of people aren't used to dealing with me They because I, I, I'm more like what they would see from a man, right? 
So even when it comes to people just coming to the house to work for me, to do work, it's just I, I handle all of that. Curtis, my husband, doesn't. So I'm just like, okay, so how much is it going to be? Well, this is what I need you to do. But, but, but I'm not rude. I'm not ghetto. I'm none of that. But it's just, you know, not as timid and unsure like they might be used to with some woman, like with a lot of women. So they're just kind of like, oh, you know, so it just takes a little getting used to. But never can anyone say that I was rude or I was aggressive or any of that. You know, I'm just strong and confident and people react to that a certain way. And if they don't like it, that's probably because they have a problem within themselves. Well, they can say it, but it's not accurate. That's my what I'm getting at. People will describe you or me or whomever a certain way, Mm -hmm. but it's how we've been socialized. So when you... And I, I'm, I'm reading at some of our notes. You were like, okay, so I'm going to be a manicurist at 16, right? You're like, this is what I want to do. Now, mind you, that's not unheard of. But when you think of how people are perceiving you and see you, like, I'm doing my job. I'm doing my, this is what I want to do. Problem. And then you ultimately say, okay, I guess I'll do boxing and kill the game. To me, all of the things that how you are socialized and what you've been taught, you throw that out the window because you're an individual. Talk to me about your work style. So first you start, you start working at 16, probably a little earlier than that, if you're, if we're being honest. And then you, and then you say, I'm going to do boxing. How do we go from that to that? So to understand me, you have to understand first that I'm very independent. I want to be in control of my destiny and my future, my schedule, how much money I make, all of that from a young (laughs) child. So I, at a very young age, I remember we went and visited my father in the summer. I think I was 14 at the time. And I was like, I want to get a summer job because I lived in Los Angeles. He lived in Michigan. And I worked at McDonald's. Mm -hmm. I was the only one out of all of us that got a job at McDonald's. Now that alone, people like Muhammad Ali's out of McDonald's. But I see independence, making my own money, you know, feeling like I'm doing something. So that was my first summer job. Then I decided at a certain point that I want to move out the house. By the time I was 18, I want to pay my own rent. I want to have my own car. How am I going to do this and go to college? And I was like, oh, I don't want to do hair because that's 1600 hours, but I can get a manicuring license in 600 hours. So then I took the city bus after high school all the way across town into a not so great neighborhood into the hood to get my manicuring license and then started doing nails. Never wanted to be a manicurist for the rest of my life. I was going to school for business yeah. and I wanted to open a chain of nail salons. Yeah. And then I saw boxing on TV for the first time when I was about about 18. And I didn't even have the thought of becoming a boxer until I saw women in the ring with my own eyes. And I, was, I couldn't believe that I didn't ever know it was a sport. I didn't ever know it was an option for me. Um, I went home dreaming that night because I was always a fighter. So I went home dreaming that night, like, how did I not know I could box professionally, you know, and something in me was sparked. But then the next morning I woke up, I was like, I'm in school full time. I went and took that bus, got my manicuring license. I got a full clientele. I had a Layla's nail studio at the time. And I just couldn't see myself just making that, you know, decision to do something that was totally out of nowhere, right? And what would everyone think? What would my father think? Like, I knew nothing about it. I'd never participated in sports. I wasn't an athlete. It's crazy. So I talked myself out of it. And it took a year for me to actually go to the gym and say, you know what? Let me just try this. Let me see if I have what it takes. Because I'm not going to do it if I'm embarrassed myself or my father. I'm not going to do that. So I went and I proved to myself that I had the talent you know, the, I'm talking about the raw talent mm-hmm. and I wanted to go for it because I knew that it was going to be a tremendous amount of pressure. 
I knew there was going to be a tremendous amount of naysayers and I had to know in my heart, this is what I really wanted to do so I could be confident. And that's just kind of how I've always been. I just, whatever, whatever I feel and I feel passionate about, and I feel like I'm really ready to commit to the work that it will take. That's, that's the direction that I go. Okay. So I, as you tell me this, my mouth is open. Cause the first thing you say, <laughs> first of all, I love how you like, yes, yeah, so I took the bus. I got 600 hours on my own. I'm going to do this. I need my money. I don't need you telling me what I can do. I'm going to do it with my own money. Love all of that and respect that most importantly. But what does it say or how, I don't know what the, the question would be, but the fact that you didn't know boxing was an option, nor did you ever have any interest in it. And you're Muhammad Ali's daughter. How does that, how does that translate to you listening to you say that now today? You know, I wish, I wish, and I say this all the time, it's a regret of mine that I did not participate in sports. Mm. That's part of the reason why I decided to get involved with the Women's Sports Foundation, which is Billie Jean King's organization. Yep. I was a past president. And I, I just think it's so important. We learn so much, mm -hmm. you know, about life and ourselves through sports. Um, but I did not participate in sports. I got in a lot of trouble growing up because I was just so busy trying to be grown and bad, you know, because like I said, that energy that I had was mm -hmm. not directed in the right way. But, um, you know, it just comes down to the sport wasn't publicized. Mm -hmm. I did not have parents that encouraged me to play sports. They didn't encourage me to play sports and mm -hmm. take me because, you know, you need parental participation yes. as a child. Mm -hmm. If you're going to play basketball, if you're going to play anything, tennis, they got to take you to practice. They got to they got to encourage you when you say, I don't feel like going. They have to make you go. I'm doing it with my kids now. You know, now you don't have to be a pro, but you do need to participate for so many different reasons. So I didn't have that. So but like I said, you heard me say I was a fighter and you heard me say I got in trouble. <laughs> So I have my share of street fights, Carrie. I don't like to admit it now, but I never started it. But when you you're taking the it. bus, yeah, yeah, because when you're taking the bus into different neighborhoods yeah. and you're coming with your name brands on, and like you can tell, I'm not from here. I'm growing up in in Malibu. You know what I'm saying? In private gated communities and mansions and things, people can kind of get that feel from you, right? So I got into trouble, you know, and I defended myself. And you know, I ain't never been a punk. I'll say that now. <laughs> <laughs> I know this is in the boxing show you used to do, you know, so these, I don't know if your audience understands that language, but um, that's something that I will, I'm always a fighter first. That will never, ever go away. You know, I'm super proud of it. Um, but I will say that, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to really answer your question other than what I said. You know, it is what it is. You know, I just let it flow. That is, I, that's extraordinary to me that you had no interest, Muhammad Ali's daughter, but yet and still it's in your DNA to fight. All things are meant to be. Did you ever think when you started boxing, this was meant to be? Even though, because I, I hear stories about your dad didn't want you to do it and you never had, and you're right, you do need parent participation when you're a kid. Otherwise, you don't, you're, you have no interest in sports. If you're not pushed with your, your your kids, or excuse me, your parents saying, all right, play basketball or, do, or run track or whatever it may be, you have no interest because it's not part of your life. But it's in your DNA, Layla. Like, you were good at it. You have raw talent. But it was just who you were, whether you wanted to do it or not. That's what it sounds like to me. Mm -hmm. I, you know, my father had, I'm the youngest of his natural born children. I have a, a, a brother he, he's adopted that came after me, but I'm the youngest last of his born children, girl. I'm the only boxer, you know, I'm the That's only crazy. one. So we all, you know, I mean, you are who you are, like you said, you know, and I always, all of my family, because most people that see me now, well, you're so pretty, you're so this, you're so that. But anyone who knows me 
It's like, oh no, that's like, even my husband now is like, can you, you, why is it always have to come down to you talking about whooping somebody's ass? Like, why? Like, is it always go to that? I'm like, look, he's like, you really just love, I mean, we could be in an intimate moment and I will some way find, to take the conversation somewhere. He's like, this is crazy. He's like, you, if he's like, if people only knew, and I'm like, I can't help it, you know? So I, I am who I am. You know what I mean? I have... Um, you know, a certain temperament, it definitely, but my father, for example, he's not a fighter outside of the ring. He mm-hmm. would never, like, that's not who he was. He's so much uh, of a nicer person when it comes to mm-hmm. like his temper than me, mm-hmm. you know? So, you know, I, I'm a mix. I'm definitely a mix of both. <laughs> both of my parents. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. This is exciting. I lo- And translation, punk mean like, if you try me, you're going to get it. If you start, I'm going to finish it. And, you know, yeah, if you, I'm, you, I'm you gonna, got all yeah, the I'm smoke. Not, I have no fear of any human being. No fear. So it's just, I'm not intimidated no matter what. I'm not afraid to get my ass beat. So I'm not planning on it happening, but I'm saying <laughs> like you, most people are, they at certain, at a certain point, they would be afraid, right? I've never been afraid to wow. fight if I had to. Wow. So that's what I mean. Like that, that's just, just who I am. So, <laughs> so talk to me about boxing. Um, and, and it was, first of all, to me, of course you were, uh, obviously lightning in the bottle because of your last name, but because of how beautiful you were and you had the talent, you take all of those, that's a trifecta, you take all of that and you go into the ring and you naturally are good at this. In your mind, where do you see yourself as you start boxing? Do you see yourself um, as, you know, someone who wants to do this for a certain period of time and then start your family, which you did? Or how, what were your dreams when you first started is what I'm getting at. I was so young, you know, I was 19 when I first started and all I wanted to do was be a boxer. Boxing was my first love, still is. And um, I wanted to be a world champion. I wanted to be undefeated. Um, It wasn't so much the titles, uh, you know, that come with being a world champion. It was just like, nobody's going to beat me, period. You can call it what you want to, you know. Um, and that's just kind of how I went into the ring. So when I had my pro debut and mind you, my father didn't want me to box. My father, when he found out that I was, cause I've been training in secrecy for like six months, mm. you know, it meaning like I went to the gym and I told everyone, oh, I'm just going to lose weight. I'm just doing this to work out. Cause again, I was trying to see, did I really want to do this? And every day after school and work, I'd be in that gym every night at like nine o'clock. I'd walk in that gym consistently and I loved it. I fell all the way in love with it. And by the time my father found out, I had already decided that I was going to become pro. So he tried to talk me out of it indirectly. And he said, you know, I hear your boxing. Is it true? And I'm like, yeah, it's true. And he said, well, you know, there's going to be so much pressure on you. You know, there's going to be all this attention on you. And I was like, dad, I thought about it and I'm ready to handle it. But of course, you know, a kid, he's like, she doesn't know what she's talking about. She doesn't really understand. And he said, well, what's going to happen when you're in the ring and the lights are on you and you you get hit and you get knocked down with a punch? And I said, well, then I'm going to get back up like you did. And he started huffing and puffing like getting more irritated. And he said, what if you get knocked out? And I was like, that ain't going to happen. But if it did, then I'm just going to, you know, ask for a rematch. And then he finally said what was really on his mind. He said, it's not for you. It's not for women. It's a man's sport. It's too tough. And I don't want you to do it. And I said, dad, I respect how you feel, but I've already made my decision. And it is what it, it was, what it was. And he really, 
you know, in hindsight, he was just afraid. I mean, he didn't know anything about women's boxing. It sounded crazy. You know, it wasn't as publicized even as it is now. You know, ever since I came into the sport, obviously it brought a lot more attention to it. And then there's some amazing fighters fighting now. And it's in the Olympics. But back then it wasn't. It wasn't the Olympics. He didn't know what it was. He didn't want his daughter in a grimy boxing gym, sparring with men, boxing with men. So he told me not to do it. And I was just like, Dad, I'm going to have to do it anyway. But imagine being that young and already going into the unknown, absolute unknown, and your own father, the greatest of all time, telling you, don't do it. It's not for you. So I have to tell you what kind of person I am to look him in his eye and say, well, guess what? I'm going to do it anyway. I'm and afraid. He came, I'm he came afraid. To my I'm afraid. <laughs> he, came, he came to my pro debut. And this is someone with no absolute, no athletic background, no amateur fights. He, he came to my pro debut and he sat in the audience and he watched me knock this girl out in 54 seconds of the first round. And he had this look in his eyes of pure joy and excitement. And of course he, you know, the crowd was chanting Ali, Ali, which I'm sure gave him chills because they were chanting for me, not him. But those memories and to see me in the ring, and you're definitely going to see similarities in the just my body, just in the way that I move. Nothing, I'm not comparing my style or my skill level at all to my father's, but you still see speed and agility and confidence, all these different things so early on. And then eventually he came to me and apologized. I mean, I got I got my first world title and he came to me after a fight and was like, I'm sorry, I was wrong. And he cried. We cried together. He's like, I was wrong. You can fight. Women can fight. And that was like not only a win for me, I felt like it was a win for women because my father was a bit of a male chauvinist and had his ideas about what we as women should and shouldn't do. And that changed that. And that was big to me. And he has so much respect for me as his daughter, as a fighter and as a woman. Um, and you know, we see, we didn't see eye to eye on a lot of things, but that level of respect was always there. And then of course he started trying to teach me how to jab. And I'm like, dad, I already know how to jab. You late, you late. I got world titles. You're trying to teach me how to jab. So no, but of course I listened. I took some of his pointers, but yeah. So it was really special because that I feel like out of all the relationships that my father has over the years and with his children, him and I are the only one that can share that experience in the ring, you know, just being the same bloodline as his daughter. So wait a second. I have chills. This is that's a <laughs> that is a beautiful story. There were so many gems like the, the one where he said you, he said what was really on his mind. Women shouldn't do that. He comes. He watches you pro debut. No experience. You knock a chick out in less than a <laughs> minute. And they chant Ali and he's watching like, whoa. And then he comes to you and says, I'm sorry. How long did it take for him to say, I'm sorry, I was wrong? Oh, it took a, a couple of years. It took a couple of years because I had won, you know, I, I fought for the first year. Then I had to get a shoulder surgery. I was off for a year. Then I came back and fought a couple of fights later for my first world title. And um, it, I can't remember exactly, but I know it was after I had already became a world champion and he came you know, because now one time, was kind of, you know, the girl was kind of she wasn't that great, right. you know, but you're like, OK, maybe that was a fluke. You know, um, then you see me. Wait a minute. She going to just keep knocking everybody out like I was knocking everybody out. You know what I mean? And and even if I wasn't knocking them out, you know, it's just the way I handled myself in the ring. He saw you cannot um, move along that quickly without really putting in a whole lot of work. And any fighter knows that. I had great trainers. He knew how I was carrying myself. That's another thing. You know, you're coming behind him. You got this Ali legacy, right? That's going to go on. And my father didn't want me to embarrass him. 
inside or outside of the ring. You know what I mean? And because he's used to being the famous one in the family. Now you got Layla, who's always been the one that didn't want to listen. Okay? (laughs) (laughs) Okay? Like, I'm the one that got in trouble. I'm the one that came to him at nine years old and was like, I don't want to be Muslim. He's like, what? All of that. And he's like, you don't know. How do you know anything? You're not old enough. I said, I know what's in my heart. What can he say? So I'm like him looking at himself again in the eye. Like, okay, my last one, she's going to give me, she's going to give me the trouble. Yep. That's right. <laughs> and I'm dealing with it now. My daughter, Sydney. Okay. She's another version. She, I'm like, oh God, now I know what my parents Pay went back. through. <laughs> Woo. Woo wee. Wow. And then he says, I'm sorry. And then it's really, truly to have the greatest of all time say women. Okay. I see it. It's this is what y'all do. I understand. I am I'm looking at it in a whole nother way. And let's keep it real funky. You put women women's boxing on the map. Like everyone will tell you that. Because no one was paying you were the first female boxer that I knew of. So I knew that it was special. I was like, okay, everybody's paying attention. Like you you did that and I'm sure you know that. And that's not me just talking like kissing your ass. It's the truth. And you think about this nowadays and you're like the when you say women there's two women i for me and i cover sports there's two or three that i'm very familiar with right you would be the first and then we have the young lady out of michigan claressa shields right and 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 she's really really coming to her own as well when you look at when you started and where boxing is today where is that that growth and do you miss it do you be like man I can get back in the ring and take these girls out. I absolutely miss it. I mean, I love. I knew I was going to miss it when I retired. You know, I love boxing. Um, I didn't love the business of boxing. I didn't love the fact that I was in a weight class that just had the least amount of challengers because I was at 168, which is a large woman. You know, that's yeah. a big girl. Yeah. So most women are in the 130, 140. That's a 150s. That's like a really competitive weight class, the, the lower weight classes. So I just ran out of people to fight for... for <laughs> For me to be, um, you know, with that, taking all what I said in consideration, I ran out of opponents that would inspire me to keep mm-hmm. fighting at an elite level. And I wanted to start a family. You know, mm-hmm. I answered your question you asked me earlier. So it, there came a time when I had to stop. But yeah, Ali is a powerful name. It's what you do with it. After I couldn't have got where I got with just the name. You know, you don't realize there were so many famous daughters mm-hmm. of fighters. So you had... You had Jackie Frazier, who yes, I fought. Yes, you had George yes, Foreman. Yes, you had, yes, yes, In- you probably don't even, maybe don't know these guys. This guy named Ingemar Johansson, mm-hmm. Archie Moore, mm-hmm. um, Roberto Duran's mm-hmm. granddaughter fought. So these were all, but they didn't go as far in the sport as I did. And, you know, I think that now you have all these young ladies that, you know, have come behind. Because what was great about me entering the sport is, like when I saw it for the first time, seeing the possibilities, right? Of course, you're going to reach girls and women that never thought of boxing before on all these different um, avenues and platforms. Because even now with the women that you mentioned, they're really, the boxing public knows them, right? But not so much outside of boxing. And that's what we really need. We need to be able to reach different platforms. We need to be able to have endorsement deals and be on the covers of magazines like the other female athletes. 
So that's what, but that, that does, that takes more than just being a good boxer inside of the ring, right? You mentioned there's, there's got to be something about you that interests people mm-hmm. to want to pull them in mm-hmm. if they're not already there. And I think that also women's boxing being in the Olympics has been amazing because now you can go fight for your country. So there's girls that are like, they want to go and be fight as an amateur and then go through the, the, the amateur system and all these different things. So I think that, and that's like you mentioned, Clarissa, she fought as an amateur. So she's been able to use that. That's a big platform to be able to you know, um, fight in the Olympics and all the male fighters, the, the Oscar de la Hoyas and, you know, uh, Muhammad Ali's and Roy Jones Jr. They went through the Olympics and then they had that big um, machine behind them. Right. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that. Mm-hmm. If I would have, that would have been amazing. And I would have took on that opportunity, but I didn't. So I'm glad that these girls have the opportunity now and hopefully, you know, um, a really big star will emerge that mm-hmm. can cross over mm-hmm. into other things, mm-hmm. you know, which would be amazing. Yeah. And it hasn't happened yet. You get some names. It hasn't happened yet. And I, you know, listen, you're right about some of the people that that have daughters who competed. There's it's just a special combination, though. It's not just only the name, as you mentioned. They didn't have the combination even today. Like, God bless you. You like them, but you need <laughs> you need the combination. I, I, said, I will stay. I'm, I'm all. Hey. There can only be one. And she retired. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) You know, we live in a certain type of society. Okay. It just is what it is, whether we agree with it or not. And, you know, I think that we have to, for one, you got to have a great personality. Okay. Nobody, people have to like you. There's nothing wrong with being confident. There's nothing wrong Mm. with knowing that you're great. I think anything can be said, like I said earlier, but it's how you say it and the vibe and the intention behind Mm -hmm. what you're saying. Mm -hmm. People want to support you. They want to uplift you when you give them a beautiful, bright light. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I think that, um, you know, it takes a promoter being behind a certain person. Everyone, people aren't going to have the name Ali. I mean, there's not going to be another Layla Ali. Okay, Um, but just getting that person who gets in that ring, puts on a great performance, and who is exciting in the ring. People want to see knockouts, you know? So, I mean, Christy Martin, who came before me, who I saw fighting for the first time, she was actually the first woman to be publicized because she had a Don King behind her. Mm. So I saw her because she fought on Mike Tyson's undercard. Oh. Okay? Yeah, so I was turning on the TV to watch Mike Tyson, and she came into the ring and then she it was a bloody brawl and she was banging it out. I was like, what? I mean, I'm crazy. So I was like, I want to do that. But I'm saying millions of people saw women's boxing and became fans for the first time. So it takes I say all that to say it also takes good business savvy because, you know, I fought on some undercards. I wasn't like I have to be the main event and I have to fight on, you know, pay-per-view for people to see me because I thought. People are going to all turn it on because they want to see me so bad. No, go on and fight on the co-main event. Go on and be smart. Take some of that audience that is there, not necessarily to see you, and then win them over. So these women need a good promoter. They need a good business sense. They need you know, to do an amazing job and, and put on a performance that's going to shock and amaze people. And then when they get on that mic to do that interview show another side of themselves that makes people like them and want to follow them and want to root for them, mm-hmm. you know? And of course, being as attractive as you can be always helps. Yes. That's just the way that it is. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Look, you already know. I know. I know people don't like <laughs> to hear that, 
But at the end of the day, we like we like nice cars, don't we? Yeah. We like nice clothes. We like looking at nice homes. We like food that looks edible. So you don't have to fit into a certain box. Yep. I'm not saying you have to look a certain way, yep. but you have to look like you care about yourself. Yep. Okay. You have to look like you took the time. You know what I'm saying? I'm picking to pull up yourself together. I am picking up everything you're putting down. I know exactly okay. what you're saying. <laughs> and I don't care if you like it or not. That's the way that we are as human beings. Our eyes are attracted mm-hmm. to things that look mm-hmm. good. That's mm-hmm. that's just mm-hmm. the way that it is. I don't care if you're dark skin, light skin, long hair, short hair, right. black, white, it doesn't matter. Just be you and let that beautiful light that you have shine through. And that is something that, like I said, I, I'm going on and on about it. Because not just for boxers, that's just for anybody. In life. You know? Mm-hmm. I know what you're saying. <laughs> 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 I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, I do know. Because Lord knows I know. But I will say this, and I will say this. I think it's interesting that you said, because I think when women are so good at what they do, a lot of women, we worry about having a family and how that will stall our career. You purposely wanted to have a family, which I love. Like, I love that side of you more than probably anything, because we're not seeing people, women walk away, myself included, like my honest moment, like, I'm like, dang, I want to have kids, but wait, can I do this? Can I do that? And I love that you walked away because you want a family and you want to start a family. What happened when you, what happened to Layla Ali when she became a mom? Was there a part of her that we saw, the world knew, tough, hard, uh, beautiful, strong? Did any of that change? And how did it change? Absolutely changed. I became way more patient. Um, and then you just stop thinking about yourself so much, mm-hmm. you know? I still am the same Layla to the core. I mean, my kids, boy, when they find out, they're going to be like, dang, my mom was crazy. You know, there's certain things, sides of myself, I don't really show them, but they see some of it. Uh-huh. Um, but I will say that I definitely, first thing that comes to mind is I became more patient because you have to be with your children. And, um, you know, they've taught me a lot about myself, um, but... I'm still the same person. I still have that same drive. There was a time when I wanted to fight again and I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to make a comeback, Yeah, you know? And it was hard. It's hard because you don't have the same time and energy that you had, you know, when you didn't have children. Like when I was fighting, all I had to do was think about myself when it came to my schedule. It's like, I'm going to get up at 5 a.m. I'm going to go for my run. I'm going to come, I'm going to have a shake. I'm going to go back to bed. I'm going to take my nap, get up, go to the boxing gym, spar, train, do that for two hours, rest, go do weight training three nights a week. And then it was just rest. You know, now it's like, no, in between, where are you going? Mom, when are you coming back? Can you give me something to eat? You know, there's a million things going on. And so things do change. And that's why women have to think about that, you know, and have to know, are you really ready to do that? And the time may never feel right. Like someone like yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, they might say, hmm, I want to have children. Um, You know, when will the time feel right? Mm -hmm. So it just really depends because it really depends on how bad you want it. Now, some people don't want to have children. And I think that's fine, too. I don't think women should feel like they have to have children like you, you know, because not everybody's cut out to be a mom. Not everybody has that same desire, you know, as, as, you know, just because society asks, when are you going to have kids? When are you going to have kids? Do you really want to have children? Because a lot of times we tend to prioritize the things that we really want. Now, if, if I'm not speaking to you, but if it was someone like you that has a career, really wants to have children, then you have to just do it. 
Yep. Because guess what? Yep. It's going to be okay. It's going to work out. It's you know, especially out. you're not fighting. You're not yeah. physically going yeah. and, and having to train. Yeah. I mean, you. there's women. There's so many women who have careers and have children. You just got to get a little bit of help. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And you got to work you got to work it into your schedule, but it will work out. It'll work out fine. Priorities really. And by the important. way, you are speaking to me because if I want it, I'm going to do it. Like so if I pop up yeah, pregnant exactly. at the end of the year, I'm going to name I'm going to tell you, Layla. I'm going to call you and like, "Girl, I'm pregnant. I did it." Okay, good. <laughs> good. Just make sure you're ready, girl. Get I, all the sleep. I, I get all your sleep. Get, get it out. Okay. Wait. Get all your sleep. You said something to me uh, about your daughter Sydney. If Sydney came to you and said, "Mom, I want a box, which maybe she has. What do you say? I don't want her to. I definitely do not want her to. I wouldn't want my son to box either. Boxing is a crazy, crazy sport. I mean, when you just think of physically what you put your body through, the damage that possibly can be done to your brain, um, you know, and people say, I could hear someone saying, well, why'd you do it? Because I was crazy and that's what was in my heart. (laughs) Yes, but I could see why people... Say, why do you do this? We only have one life to live. So if it was really in her heart, and this is what she really wanted to do, then I would support her. But I absolutely would not be happy. Like, oh my God, I'm so happy she's following my footsteps. It would not be that at all. I'd be like, oh God. You know, but I would definitely make sure she was absolutely going to go in there and be ready to kick ass. You know what I mean? But both, luckily, I know both of my kids are do not are not going to be, I don't think, will be fighters because yeah. they just don't have the temperament mm. And the fire and the mean streak that it takes to be a fighter. Wow. You know why I think that would be the only reason I asked that question, because I could I could see the roles being reversed. Um, as your dad <laughs> talked to you, you would be saying the same to them, but maybe from different point of views, from different perspectives, Absolutely. for different reasons why. Um, it's crazy how history repeats itself. So it's, but I do believe that, you know, your kids better in the sense of their t- temperament. When you say mean streak girl, cause I told you, I was afraid of you when you was talking about just a minute ago, you was talking about B and I was like, she going to be somebody up. It ain't going to be me. Um, <laughs> I am so not like, I would never put my hands on somebody outside of the ring, Yeah, but I, there's moments that I wish that I could, like, I really wish that I could like, you know, certain people, I believe I'm one of those people that no, I don't think you should touch anybody. And I think that we should keep our hands ourselves. but I do believe that some people will really learn a good lesson from a good ass whooping. Like, I'd be like, you see, we wouldn't be having this problem right now if they had, but people don't have the fear because they know you can't do anything. So they do all, they do so you know, much against people, you know. Because they know one, no one's going to, yeah, no one's going to hit them. No yeah, one's going to, yeah. They uh-huh. don't have to suffer, yeah, from it, so. Before I let you go, gosh, it's so, I, I'm way too excited. I have way too many questions. I'm going to have, I'm going to wrap it up with a few things here. Uh, you gave some really wonderful advice about, uh, for the for the boxers who are coming up from behind you and what they need to do, like because it, it it takes a lot to succeed in this business. And you gave some business advice, and you also you also gave some personal advice. Take care of yourself. What if you look back now? What would you have done, if anything, differently when you started boxing that you want to impart on young boxers? I would say that if I could start all over again. I probably would have went ahead and had an amateur boxing career, which I didn't do because I was advised not to um, because it wasn't necessary. I couldn't go to the Olympics. But I think I would have if I would have known better, I would have went ahead and did it anyway um, just to get more experience under my belt, learn more about some of the technicalities and boxing. 
um, I would have done that just for the experience. I also would have um, listened to my intuition. I, my ex-husband was my manager mm. at the time. You know, so you know, there's, a, there's a relationship sure. there. Tough. You got you to gotta battle. But there came a time when I should have moved on and had someone else manage me as a boxer. And I didn't do that. So, um, you know, I, w- I should have made some different decisions in my career. You have to remember that, you know, um, people are putting your life at a certain time f- for certain purposes, but they don't always have to stay there. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. when there's friction and it's affecting you emotionally and mentally, mm-hmm. you know, then it's, it's a time to make a change, mm-hmm. you know? So you have to listen to that and be willing to do that mm-hmm. and understand that you get, you're going to grow, you know, there's just going to be people in your life that are not going to be there with mm-hmm. you for the long haul. So I wish I would have listened to that uh, sooner. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I mean, there wasn't really too much. And then I, one of the biggest regrets also that I had as a fighter is that I didn't have a rematch with Jackie Frazier. Mm-hmm. So I, I fought her and was expecting to knock her out and I didn't. We ended up going the distance. And what a lot of people don't know is I had I got the flu for that fight. And I fought anyway because I was so confident. I was like, Psh, this is going to be a piece of cake. I got in there and by round three, I had no more energy, no more power. And it was just my will keeping me up, right? And she was tougher than I thought she was going to be. Yeah. Taking all that in consideration. So it went the distance and she wanted to have a rematch. It was a it was a great battle because me being sick made it more competitive, right? Because <laughs> sure. I just wasn't, you right, know. Right. So, but I I was so adamant and so stuck on no, I want to fight world champions. You know, I want to fight other girls with titles. She doesn't have one, you know, so I was I wouldn't fight her again. And I wish that I would have taken advantage of that opportunity because people wanted to see the fight again and we would have made a lot of money. But I was like so stuck. Yeah. You know, so just make sure you think things through and look at opportunities from different angles. Don't get stuck in your own way. You know, word, just a word. Yes, because you gave me I'm about to get pregnant and not be stuck in my own way. Thank you. This was <laughs> this was not for me, but I'm taking it for me. It is mine. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Um, okay, wait. Do you have any? I know I'm silly. Do you have anything that you want to promote? Like, cause I, you have, and I follow you on IG. You have had, you've had so many different opportunities, shows, different things that you've been working on. You've made appearances here and there. What's next for you, or what would you like everyone to follow? Because there is Layla, the mom outside of the ring. There is Layla, the businesswoman, the entrepreneur. What's going on with you? So I started Layla Ali Lifestyle, which is my brand. Um, It's really about empowering people to be the best version of themselves. And that comes from obviously knowing my father's the greatest, but who's the best version of me? How do you find that confidence within? I have a big speaking business. I also have um, my, my products because I believe that health is wealth. And I encourage people to have a strong mindset, health, and purpose in life. So I do all of this through my brand. I also have been cooking since before I was boxing. A lot of people don't realize that. So I, I came out with my cookbook, Food for Life, in 2018. Okay. And now I have Layla, Layla Ali Spice Blends, which are organic. And just bring in the flavors that I cook with. And I just came out with the greatest of all time seasoning, which I dedicated to my father. And there's a whole story behind it. And that's like one of my best sellers because it really turned out amazing. So I encourage everyone to visit, you know, leilali.com, get to know more about me, my platform. I have a free um, 
something they can download to start on the path to becoming the greatest you. Yeah. It's an email series that they can sign up for for free. So yeah, just visit com and it's all there. I, I, I'm download guys. I'm, I want to be the best version (laughs) of me and more, and more importantly, that all translates to where the money reside. Get your money. Get your money. (laughs) Girl, look, I got nutrition products. I got skincare. I have spice blends and I have a clothing line, which I just launched. Um, so, and I'm also got some other things coming out. I can't tell you about yet. So I have always said one of my other goals, business goals was I want to be like Martha Stewart basically, but so that's, that's what I want to do. So I've, I've started that path and I'm, I'm really excited about it. You know, I'm I'm learning and growing and as I go, so yeah, whatever I set out to do, but you know, I've always been an entrepreneur, so I came back to those roots. And, and more importantly, I'm so encouraged and so hyped about this because one, I'm a big believer in several revenue streams. You can't just have one. Nobody's going to hold me down. And I feel like I love to see you talk about this and still be all of you. But the beauty is, back to what you said earlier, you got to be able to have it all in that sense, be able to promote that. Because I want to, you know, obviously you're beautiful. I want to know what you're doing with your skin, girl, and what's the workout. And I and then I didn't know you could cook, like literally. I don't know if I cook better or box better. Whoa. It's a, it's a challenge. You know, but I've, I've, I've competed. I've won chopped a couple times. Like I'm yeah. like, yeah, certified. Like I can cook, girl. I can throw down. Yeah, but my my specialty is comfort food, but cooked in a healthier way. Okay. So okay. I'm not a gourmet chef. I know how to take everyday food and make it taste amazing and healthier for you without you realizing, you know, it's oh healthier. Gosh. I love it. I love everything about it. Let me just go ahead and get the address because I know you're here in LA and I could just probably come by tonight. <laughs> I got I got vaccinated. I could come over because I <laughs> I just I, look. I just moved. I'm not in LA anymore. <laughs> Are you being funny? Where you live? No, I'm serious. I just moved. I moved to Georgia. No, okay, I, okay, okay. I work. I work there too. See, see, okay. See, see how it is. We ride up the street from each other I and never hooked up. Listen, and now I'm gone. Listen, so. <laughs> I come to Georgia. I do a show out there. When I start doing my show back in April, I'll be. I'll be like, girl. So what? Okay, what what's for dinner? Me. Don't play with me. I'll be over. Okay, <laughs> Layla Ali, amazing. Um, guys, she's amazing. Are you guys not excited? I'm hyped. I'm not even telling. I'm hyped. I'm so excited for you. Girl, this was great. I'm really, really impressed with you and beyond, beyond happy for you. And look, Black Martha Stewart, you're already there. I'm claiming it. I'm putting it in the universe. Thank you. Thank you, girl. Thank you. So clearly I was hyped, extremely excited, as you can tell during that interview. Layla Ali, I've been a fan of hers for so long, and it's always wonderful just to sit and have a real conversation. And by the way, this is my first time really just sitting and talking with her, and I've known her for years. My my takeaways are pretty obvious, but they're so important in terms of who she is and how she was able to live her life. The first thing that I noticed was that she said, find independence early. At nine years old, she told her father she didn't want to be a Muslim. Then she wanted to make sure she had her own money as a teenager. So she worked at McDonald's. At 16, she decided to get her license as a manicurist so that ultimately she could move the way she wanted to move. At the end of the day, she knew if she really wanted freedom, she would have to have financial freedom first. And that was something that she discovered early on. Number two, follow your heart, your passion, if you will. She wanted to box, and when she was first introduced to boxing, not by her father, she decided, that's what I want to do, but hesitated a bit, talked her way out of boxing, but it was in her DNA, and she says she was a fighter, literally and figuratively, all of her life. Why not get paid to do it? 
Last but not least, don't be stuck in your ways. There are so many times that I can look back on my career and on my life, I decided to stand firm and be stubborn because I thought it meant something in that moment. But take inventory. Make sure you understand what you're saying yes and no to. In Layla's case, she wanted to fight Jackie Frazier. She fought Jackie. She wasn't feeling well. Jackie went the distance. Jackie wanted a rematch. Layla said no. Only because she felt that Jackie Frazier was not on her level. But looking back on it, she goes, that would have been a great rematch. She deserved the rematch. I deserve the rematch. And thinking from a business standpoint, there was money to be made. So again, just don't get stuck in your ways. That will be the end of you. Be willing to move and be limber and transform your mind. Oftentimes, we don't know everything. At least, I don't. Anyway, I hope you guys really enjoyed this edition of Brown Print because Layla Ali is now my new hero. Not that I didn't love her before, but I love her even more. Thank y'all for listening. That's it for this week's episode of The Brown Print. Let's keep the conversation going online. You know I love to go online. Follow us on Instagram at The Brown Print Podcast and on Twitter at Brown Print Pod. Follow me, Carrie Champion, on IG and Twitter. You can find me at Carrie Champion. Don't at me if you got an attitude. Well, okay. We'd love to hear your feedback. Or if there's a specific topic you want us to tackle or guests that you want us to have on, please reach out to the brownprintpod at gmail.com. Again, at brownprintpod at gmail.com. If you've enjoyed this episode, share it with your friends. It helps spread the word. It is so important that we stay active and vocal. We'd greatly appreciate it if you showed us some love by leaving a five-star rating and a positive review. If you do not, I know you are a hater. Haha, <laughs> kidding, kind of. Not really. Meanwhile, uh, again, five-star rating and positive review. We need it. It really helps the podcast grow. The Brown Print is a Gallery Media Group original production.